Society tells us that reaching our goals requires strain and grit, hard work and dogged persistence. But sometimes this type of commitment works against our intended outcome. When we stick to a very specific vision of what it is we want to manifest, we inevitably narrow our future. The more we try and control, the less space we leave for surprise, and oftentimes, the more we feel let down. While we can't control what happens to us, we can control the intentions we set and the way we work toward manifesting them. And when we have the courage to detach, once those intentions are set, we expand, we open ourselves to new ideas, opportunities, and we connect more fully with the universe's infinite organizing power. That is an excerpt from Deepak Chopra's recent Instagram post, and the reason I'm reading it is because it is in exact alignment with the Surrender Gym, my upcoming three-month mastermind that starts January 6, 2020. If you'd like more information, go to surrendergym, that's G-Y-M dot com. Now to our episode. What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week on the Minding Wellness Podcast, I have Kamini Wood, a mother of five, an international best-selling author, certified life wellness and teen life coach. She is also board certified through the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. As founder and CEO of Live Joy Your Way and the Authentic Me Rise Up program, she works with high achievers on letting go of stress, overwhelm, and anxiety that comes with trying to do everything and trying to do it all perfectly. She helps remind them their uniqueness is a gift to the world as she guides them on their journey back towards inner confidence, reducing stress and empowerment so they can become who they are meant to be, both in personal and professional settings. Kamini's goal is to meet a client where they are and support them as they grow, taking them from expectation hostage to resilient self-leader. I felt that this was perfect timing for this episode to tackle stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, especially during the holidays. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Kamini Wood. I'm so excited to have you on. I think that this will be a very timely and powerful episode, and I think it will reach a lot of our listeners at a perfect time of the year for some of these concepts. So thanks for coming on, Kamini. Absolutely, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So as we always start, what does true wellness mean to you? True wellness... What it does it mean to me? Uh, I would say it is the joining of mind, body, and soul into one. I don't think that you can have true wellness unless each part of your being is at its optimal level. 
100% agree with that. Absolutely. Which is actually the whole intention behind this podcast. So, so glad that we are in alignment at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's of course start by sharing your story, your journey. How did you get to the work that you're currently doing? What's inspired you, you know, kind of your whole, your whole process of getting to where you're, where you're at now. Sure. Um, my journey, you know, I, like anybody's journey, I think we all kind of go through different evolutions, um, which I think is what makes us so wonderful as humans that we have the ability to go through different evolutions. Um, if I were to really dive into where all of this began, it actually began when I was a child. Um, I was and am uh, the daughter of uh, immigrant parents. So first generation American, grew up in a small town in Connecticut had the name Comedy, which uh, stuck out quite a bit, uh, was butchered a lot. <laughs> um, and so from a very early age, uh, I didn't want to stick out. You know, I kind of wanted to figure out a way to fit in. Um, didn't want to burden anybody. Didn't want to burden my parents. I knew that they were working hard. They were trying to build, um, you know, a life for my sister and I. Um, and so I, I really took on the people-pleasing uh, personality. Um, I was also, and am still a perfectionist, but I've learned to find the, the balance of being a perfectionist, um, which we can talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so as, as a young child, you know, took on that sort of people pleasing perfectionist attitude, you know, always doing well in school, um, never really wanting to make waves anywhere I was, uh, with friends, wanted to make sure that they were happy, sort of took on that fix it mentality. Uh, I, you know, grew up, uh, got married, had kids. Uh, I'm actually a mom times five. And then it was really my children that were my catalyst to my personal transformation. Uh, when I started seeing my own children exemplify and show those people pleasing tendencies to the detriment of themselves, I had to do that reflection to figure out where did that come from? And the ownership was on me. And so I went through my own self-transformation at that point. I, I did a lot of self-work. I realized in terms of that concept of true wellness, yeah, physically everything was fine, but emotionally I was um, in a place of wanting to take care of others before myself to almost um, the point of mental exhaustion. You know, that concept of trying to do everything for everyone, juggling 8,000 balls and terrified that if I drop one, um, I will let them down. Somebody will be mad at me or somehow I'd be a failure. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really worked through that. And through that process, I was drawn to the fact that that's actually what I was meant to do. I was meant to take my journey and then start serving others and helping others on that path. And while my journey took several years to unfold, I now coach people so that it doesn't take them as long. They can learn from where I came from. Um, and, you know, I, I help people um, with the tools and concepts and mindset and behavior pattern shifts to uh, really implement and realize that we do not have to live as a hostage to others' expectations. We don't have to be constantly looking for that external validation that all of that has to come from within. Um, and so that is why I'm truly passionate about the work that I'm doing now. 
Mm, so many pieces to unpack here, starting with <laughs> the name, <laughs> starting with uh, your amazing name. And I, I can share in the butchering of my own name. My, my maiden last name was Sonsenbacher. So as we got on and I was, you know, trying to make sure I was pronouncing your name right, I was thinking, I mean, you know, I went through the same thing with my name and I think a lot of that, you know, whole identity and, and, and wishing, you know, we had some easy name back then, of course, then later on in life, probably appreciating the uniqueness of it, but your, your entire, um, journey just I know will speak to a lot of our listeners. Um, Mom times five is uh, pretty significant. I am (laughs) tired with one. So I I definitely uh, feel like you've got a lot of wisdom coming from those five. And uh, I love that you have turned your journey into a blessing for others and a way to help them along their own paths. And I feel like this kind of brings me right back to one of my favorite quotes, quotes, which is Ram Dass saying that we are all in the end just walking each other home, right? So I mean, that's kind of what we do. You know, when we've when we have lived a path and kind of dealt with those struggles and found a way out to the other side, we, we help others along their own journey. So love all of that. Let's dive right in. I, I've read a little bit of your blog and uh, love all of the, the insights and pearls of wisdom there. You do write about how so many of us feel as though we are swimming like a duck, kind of meaning that we appear you know calm above the water, but feeling as though we're sort of paddling fast and swiftly beneath just to stay afloat. I know that a lot of us, even during this time of year, probably feel this even more significantly. So can you kind of expand on that uh, concept and how you've sort of shifted that and um, reframed it? Yeah. So when I first uh, started thinking about my blog, uh, the concept of swimming like a duck really came to me because I will oftentimes be told, um, wow, you know, you've got it all together. You, you seem so calm. And there were, there were times where I'd kind of look at people and I'd smile and I'd, underneath I'm thinking, you have no idea how crazy I feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where the concept of the duck came into play where it's, yeah, we tend to think, and especially as perfectionists and high achievers, we keep this you know, demeanor on the outside of everything is fine. And underneath we're paddling like crazy to stay afloat. But then I started reframing the concept of being like a duck and realizing, you know, there's great things about them too. There's a lot of self-care involved. And with ducks, especially they actually, the way that they preen themselves, they actually, um, uh, put this like oil or I don't know if it's really oil, but it's, it's a type of, um, Chem, not even a chemical. It's a thing that they put on their feathers, essentially. And what it does is they're preening themselves. Um, they uh, it allows the water to roll off their back. And so, what I wanted to do with my blog is to say you might come to it feeling like you are paddling like crazy underneath, and you've got this facade of yeah, everything is calm on the top. But what if we do some work with together? What if you read some of the stuff that I'm putting out there and instead you, you realize, yeah, you are like a duck, but instead of being paddling, being the duck paddling like crazy underneath, you look at yourself more as the duck who's doing some self-care and you're able to um, do some of that self-work and that self-reflection whereby when things come at you, you can allow them to roll off your back and you don't have to internalize them. Mm. So that's kind of where the concept came from. 
I love that. And it makes me think about how sometimes, you know, I, I love analogies and I love visual analogies. And sometimes I feel like we turn what isn't intended to be a analogy for stress into what seems to be, you know, like I don't think the nature of a duck is to be stressed. <laughs> so um, it's interesting that I do think that, you know, we could easily see that as, you know, the, the first concept of it being that the duck's paddling, you know, sort of stress stressfully underneath. And your reframe, I think, is probably what, you know, is going back to more of a reality of the surrender and release of nature and, and what's happening mostly in nature. I mean, obviously there are some more, you know, fight or flight responses out in, you know, the Serengeti and the, and the fighting for life, but, (laughs) but I don't see, you know, I feel like reframing the, the scene of that is a lot more accurate because I don't, I don't feel like that duck is, is stressed, although it, you know, it visually might look like what we are feeling. Um, I do think that that self-care is a great reframe. Let's sort of dive into the, you know, overwhelm and anxiety that so many women and teens, and I'm sure men too, I hate to leave men out because I don't think that it, it's not an intentional leaving them out. Um, You know, I think as women, we just obviously uh, can, can, you know, feel other women's and maybe empathize a little bit better with other women's um, feelings and uh, especially during the holidays, but um, find themselves struggling with, especially this time of year, the anxiety and the overwhelm. First, kind of why do you think this issue is only becoming worse? You know, I kind of think about my amazing 99-year-old grandmother and how she's like the most calm person I've ever, you know, like she can just sit and stare at nature for hours. And I feel like we just sort of lost that whole sense of just being. So first kind of why do you think we are coming in an increasingly more stressed and overwhelmed society? And then, you know, what, what do you do when you work with your clients who are dealing with this? So my perspective on this, and I hate to, you know, we we hear a lot of criticism of social media and social media can be great because there's many uses to it. Um, But I think right now, because everybody posts pretty much all parts of their life um, for like the world to see, I think we end up being in a, a very comparative mental state. And by that, without even intending to, we are comparing what we're doing or what we're achieving to what we're seeing others do. And I think that that raises the anxiety and the overwhelm because we end up with this inner voice or inner critic that is telling us these messages of like, well, that's not good enough, or I should have achieved this by this age, or, you know, mothers, it's, you know, well, that person's child is doing X, Y, and Z. I just read that they got into Stanford and what is my child doing? And so like, it's this constant in the back of our minds, there's this comparison that's going on and it's that comparison, which actually is living to that external validation that's causing a lot of this stress and overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I really do with my clients, um, and, and strive to work with them on is breaking down what do they own versus what do they, what are they perceiving as theirs? You know, what, what is, what is their mindset? What is it currently, you know, where do those stories come from? And then what do they see for themselves? And then figuring out the best way to make those shifts because that stress isn't going to go away. It's the key is how do we manage it and how do we live within it? 
because life is going to keep coming at us. And it's a matter of making sure that our mindset and our behavior patterns, our boundaries, the way that we communicate sets us up to be able to handle that. And now there are times when, you know, those, especially with the holidays, you know, our resiliency goes down. So part of what I do when I'm working with clients is we identify what are the things that help raise your resiliency. And it's different for different people and making sure that those things are identified and in place uh, because when you really are in the state of stress and overwhelm and that barometer meter is like, you know, in the red zone, the fight or flight stage, you're just trying to survive. You want to be able to naturally have the tools and the understanding um, of how to, how to, how to refill yourself, how to refuel yourself, how to bring that resiliency factor back up. Um, the analogy I use for that one is much like the fire drill at school where, you know, our kids are constantly complaining. I know my son's constantly complaining. Oh, we had another fire drill at school today. Um, and it's not because the school is anticipating a fire tomorrow. What they want to do is make sure that the students and the faculty have a plan in place should that ever happen. And the same thing happens with resiliency, making sure that you understand for yourself the ways that you can refill yourself and bring that resiliency factor up so that when you are in those points of stress and overwhelm, you're able to, you know, fall back on that. And it, it's almost muscle memory at that point. Um, so that's a lot of what we do as well. So it's, it's a lot of recognizing what is yours, what is, what are your thoughts? What are your emotions? What's outside of you? And then of course, dealing with, um, making the shifts that need to be changed as well as, um, making sure that you have the tools behind you to fall back on when you are feeling overwhelmed. Mm, yeah. A couple of things that stand out for me is definitely the stories um, being a lot large source of the self-imposed stress because we have so many stories around us that maybe highlight reels and not even real life on social media. And then we then tell ourselves a story of where we should be at this point in our life or you know what kind of level of success we should have. And a lot of this is not based in any truth or reality. So um, I love that you kind of work on that. And it kind of brings me back to Byron Katie's work, which is, you know, to kind of ask yourself, is this really, you know, this thought that I'm having that is recurring and causing this stress, is this true? You know, is there truth, actual real truth to it? And, you know, if not, what can I do to to reframe that, to, to, you know, rethink through that? And so I think that that's also important because I do think that we, because there's so much access to information, both truth and not truth, we, we absorb and internalize all of it and, and tell ourselves endless endless stories. And I know my grandmother is not doing that. In fact, it's funny because she'll tell me, what are you doing on your phone? Like, you know, a phone is still to her something that you just call somebody on. Like, how are you on the phone and you're not talking to somebody? So um, it's really just interesting how, how our society has changed. But I do also love the idea of sort of the fire drill concept of getting a plan in place at least a mindset shift in place, even if it's not like a strict, you know, plan, like a fire drill might be, but, but having already thought through these things so that when, you know, what, what you might deem a crisis to come up, you've already put some of those safeguards in place. So I do, I do love those concepts for sure. What would you say, you know, just speaking on on social media, what's your advice either to your individual clients or on a more generalized whole for the community on, healthy social media practices. So, you know, a lot of us find it to be great to be able to connect to people we wouldn't otherwise connect to and we don't live geographically near them. And so 
you know, or, or we, you know, we read articles that can shift or we find people like, you know, we found each other on social media, you know, so there can be positive, but, you know, striking that balance of, of, you know, of a healthy relationship with social media is so difficult for so many people. What are your thoughts around that? Uh, a couple, uh, first, my, my first thought is when looking at pictures and things on social media, it's important to remind yourself that that's a snippet of somebody's day and time. It could also include a lot of filters. It's almost as if, um, you know, when you're driving down in a neighborhood and you see this beautiful house and it's got such great curb appeal and you're like, Oh my gosh, that house is so beautiful. It must be gorgeous inside. The truth of the matter is, is you have no idea what's going on inside. So it's somewhat reminding yourself that what you are seeing on social media may not be exactly what's happening in real life. And it's not to say that every single person who posts this beautiful, happy picture is not happy. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's, it's important to remind ourselves that we're only getting a snippet of somebody's life and that we need not put stories and assume things, right? Because assumptions get us in trouble. We should just take it as it is. Uh, that's number one. And number two is honestly, it's coming up with a plan to, um, not, you know, we, especially with my teens, you know, I want to limit the amount of time that they're on their phone, but even as adults, like we need to be able to put our phones down. We need to be able to have some type of parameters around how much time we're actually spending on social media, because it is so easy to get on there and then you lose two or three hours of your day. And so sometimes for some people who do find themselves doing that, journaling and keeping like a daily journal of how much time that they spend on their phones helps. Um, actually, I believe that iPhone has that weekly summary report that it can send you um, as to how much time you've been on, on different types of apps on your phone. Um, and I find that actually really helpful because it's a good like, it's a good check-in to say, wow, like I'm spending several hours a week and it's, it's, you have to develop your own, it's almost a self-care, you know, how much time do I want to give of my time to my phone and social media versus, um, human interaction with my spouse or with my children or my friends, um, and really figuring out how to balance that, um, and being cognizant, you know, that's what part of what I do is, is let's, bring you to awareness, you know, let's bring things into a conscious state versus autopilot. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. No, absolutely. And I, I actually have been paying attention more to that weekly time report. I don't even know if I set it up to do it or if it just automatically does it, but it does come through my phone and it is pretty shocking. You know, it's pretty shocking to see a, you know, more objective number come through and you think, wow, that was probably not the best use of my day, you know, and it's also hard even as business owners or even, it doesn't even matter if you're a business owner, you know, we're busy. We have emails coming through, you know, we feel like we have to respond immediately. So we need to be, you know, looking for the, the dings of our emails. And so there's just so much, there's so much access and we feel like we have to, uh, you know, kind of bow to that accessibility. And so, yeah, I think that we do need some parameters and I do see that as self-care. I definitely, definitely agree with, with that since we're heading sort of, uh, on a freight train right into the holidays. Oh, I feel like every, it always, every year feels like it's so fast, but this year, uh, even more so, I guess, but do you have any specific advice for holiday stressors, whether that be, you know, um, you know, kids, right? Like the, the exams that are coming up or whether it be family, maybe there's a lot of family coming into town and not everybody gets along, or maybe there's travel and that's stressful. What are some of your 
tips for our audience and the stressors that can happen during the holidays and then also entering into the new year with sort of a more peaceful approach to that? Uh, I would say that my biggest tip on that is the practice of self-compassion. And by that, there's, you know, three elements to that. The first one is kindness versus judgment. Uh, what that means is remembering to be kind to yourself and not judge yourself because especially with the holidays, I mean, down to good gracious, uh, you know, the, the presence that you get for people and you're so attached to their reaction and whether this person's going to like it or not, it's learning not, not to, um, to judge that, not to be attached to the outcome of that being, and, and also when I say being kind to yourself, when things don't go your way, you know, say you're making a big dinner and something doesn't go your way, don't sit there and, and focus on what, you know, how awful it was, but remember to, to remind yourself that you did the best you could. Um, you're human. You are showing up and you tried and you've learned something from what may not have gone, what may not have gone your way. Um, in terms of family relationships, remembering to be kind to yourself in, in the form of you don't own other people's experiences. You are not responsible for their happiness or for their anger. You, all you can do is contribute. And by that, it's showing up and doing the best you can. And not judging yourself again when something doesn't go the way that you thought it should or that other people thought it should. Uh, because again, you don't live to other people's expectations. Uh, the second part of the self-compassion is to uh, remember that we're all human. You know, it, it's that common humanity versus isolation. What that means is you are human having a human experience. There are other people who are experiencing very similar things. You are not alone. Um, yes, each of our experiences are unique because we, our own thoughts create our own reality. So we're all going to experience things slightly differently, but we're all just, you know, here trying to do the best that we can and that there are other people who are kind of going through similar experiences. So you're not alone and it's to remember that. And so when you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed to reach out to other people who you trust and, you know, the people that you feel safe to be vulnerable with, be vulnerable, you know, share what's going on rather than trying to keep it to yourself. And then the third part of that is mindfulness. And I know it's a very big buzzword right now, but for me, mindfulness means getting present, slowing down, um, you know, trying to, to stop that autopilot, you know, um, and, and if it means taking five minutes to yourself to breathe and get present in the moment, because the holidays are crazy. They go really fast. But what we want to be able to do is be present and to be able to remember these times. And so being able to slow yourself down, um, and I, I generally use the box breathing method, which is a simple, you know, you breathe in for four, you hold it for four, exhale for four, and wait for four. So it's literally like a box. Um, that gets me, just do that a few times. It, it, for me, it, it slows me down, slows down the thoughts. I'm then able to proceed <clears throat> with a clearer mind. Um, and honestly, if, if you can take these, these three items of the, the practice of self-compassion into the new year, it will catapult you and start you off on, on, um, a, a more level grounded playing field, shall we say. 
Yeah, I definitely um, can agree with all of those. I, I've actually found, you know, I think that huge events in our in our lives shift our our perceptions of what's actually going on. And since I lost my dad, I, you know, I, I like almost refuse to stress. Before I would have been stressed by anything that came my way. You know, I would have been stressed that, you know, there were fewer days before Christmas, just stressed about everything. And um, now I, I just, I, I just have shifted that and I don't, I like resist it. It's almost like a resistance yeah. to even allowing that energy into my life. And so, um, you know, but I know that it, it takes time to get to that point. And uh, so I, I acknowledge and validate all those who are listening, who are feeling the overwhelm and stress. And, you know, I know that it can, it can definitely get overwhelming, but I agree with you. We, we lose sight of, you know, this being a happy and joyful time of year, at least, you know, it, it should be. And for a lot of us who are hurting or, you know, have a loss, it, it not always is. And that's okay to validate that too. But that if we focus on all of the things that have to get done and all of the pretty pictures we have to get out and the car, you know, and I, even, even the Christmas cards, like I haven't done in a few years and I'm just okay with that because that is a mild source of stress. And so I'm just not going to do it until I feel the need to do it. So, you know, it's all these things that we, I think a lot of, a lot of it is self-imposed, right? We feel like we tell ourselves we should do it or we have to do it. And nobody's telling us that, you know, but ourselves. So I do think that all of that is helpful. And um, I am a huge, huge fan of mindfulness and meditation and just stopping, you know, just stopping and being present. We so rarely do that. And we are just always on autopilot. So I appreciate all of those. As we kind of round out the episode, let our listeners know kind of what's up and coming for you in the new year and where people can find you, whether they're local to you or whether they can find you. I'm assuming that you also work with people virtually since, you know, we're all everywhere. So, um, kind of what's up and coming and where people can find you. Okay. So, uh, I actually have a book in the works uh, that should be coming out in the spring of 2020. So that's really exciting. Um, and in terms of where they can find me, you're absolutely right. People can find me. I, I work with people virtually as well as in person, uh, but I am on the internet. Um, they can visit my website, which is www.itsauthenticme.com and also on Facebook. Uh, again, It's Authentic Me. And uh, if they ever, if your listeners want to reach out and want to uh, schedule a call with me, it's very simple. They can just uh, uh, shoot me an email at contact at itsauthenticme.com or visit the website. There's a really easy link there to um, jump on my calendar and schedule a, a free discovery call. So. Wonderful. And I will also include all those links in the show notes, but I'm super excited for you and your book. Tell us a little bit about what, uh, without giving away too many uh, details that you're not able to give, but what, what kind of is uh, going into that and what are you, what are you hoping to share with your readers? So I'm really big on analogies. Um, I feel that if we can create analogies that, that take, um, things that happen in our everyday life and reframe them, they're easier to understand how we can, um, you know, it, it, it makes real life things not seem, first of all, so overwhelming, but it also teaches us these lessons. So um, I'm hoping that the book that's coming out with the different analogies that I've come up with would be those everyday life lessons um, that, you know, in little snippets that people can read as they're going through whatever they're going through. And hopefully it gives them that positive outlook, um, and a new way to look at things. So that's, 
A little bit in a nutshell. <laughs> Super fun. I do love analogies. I use them often. I think being able to tie a concept to, you know, something visual, something tangible that we can all understand is so, so helpful. So I look forward to that. That's exciting news. Well, congratulations on that up and coming book. And thank you so much for sharing all of these pearls of wisdom with our listeners. I'll have all, all of your information in the show notes and I look forward to, to following you a little bit more closely. Thank you so much, Kamini. Thank you, Claudia. Well, I think we could all take some advice from not only Kamini, but also the duck who has such a great focus and understanding of the need for self-care. I think this is even more important this holiday season to focus on. So I hope that you found this episode valuable. If you have enjoyed this podcast thus far, I would love and appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a star rating and review as it helps others find me. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. I hope each and every one of you has a peaceful and blessed Christmas, Hanukkah, and overall holiday season. I'll see you here again next week.